Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and we have so much good news to share with you. Uh, There's so many good things that are happening in the world. I know it's been a tough week, and, you know, it's been interesting to see. Now that the House of Representatives kind of figured out their own mess, and they're going ahead and, you know, doing some things. They passed that measure to uh, stop the 87,000 new IRS agents being hired. It'll probably get stalled in the Senate, and won't get to the president's desk and then the president now has some explaining to do with regard to some classified documents he had which is kind of making the uh the the raid on miralago and the trump documents that were searched for looking a little bit suspicious and i'm not saying that's good news that we have presidents who do that kind of stuff i mean that it happens uh, it happens quite a bit and as you heard yesterday on the national crawford roundtable podcast bob and john and neil and yours truly uh kind of weighed in on uh, the Kevin McCarthy thing and the 20, you know, uh, the 20 uh, congressmen who stood up to uh, uh, the now Speaker of the House, which is pretty cool for a guy from Bakersfield, by the way, um, to, you know, see if we can toe the line a little bit better. But I, it's good news, I think, looking back, 2020 hindsight, that this did, in fact, happen because it gives us a little bit more accountability from our members of Congress. And, and that's that's always good news. Now, speaking of elected officials, I got to share this one before we get into a couple of football type stories and a, a great conversation. Yes, it's Good News Friday and Good News Friday also is going to give you an opportunity to win stuff today. So I love Good News Friday days when there are uh, opportunities to win things. Do you remember Sarah Huckabee Sanders? Mike Huckabee, former governor of Arkansas, his daughter, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, was one of the, uh, I, I don't know if she was the first uh, White House press secretary in, during the Trump administration. She certainly seemed to be the one who was the, uh, the one who was in there the longest. And, you know, coming from, uh, you know, the family business, which is, uh, of course, in her case, uh, the political aspiration, but also Mike Huckabee was former pastor before he became governor. So you know that Sarah Huckabee Sanders carries biblical values. Now, Asa Hutchinson, uh, who was the previous governor of Arkansas, uh, was a man of great faith and a, a pretty strong pro-life guy. And uh, he was just basically, um, he was term limited out. I mean, he would probably still be there if they didn't have term limits. But when Sarah Huckabee Sanders was the White House press secretary, uh, reporters used to love to take swings at her. Remember when, I'm talking about verbal swings, of course, no one ever physically attacked her. Remember Jim Costa from CNN? And I think he was kind of the, the big ringleader, but the, the secular mainstream, well, legacy media, I don't want to call them mainstream because they're so far out of the mainstream, it's really kind of frightening. But the legacy media really took issue, of course, with Donald Trump being president. I mean, let's face it love the guy or hate the guy, there were a number of Americans who just could not stand the fact that a man like Donald Trump could be elected president because they just don't like him. I mean, the CNNs and MSNBCs of the world and even the kind of elitist uh, conservative types. Uh, oh, Donald Trump is somehow beneath them. And, I, you know, it, they they wouldn't look at and judge the guy based on his record. It was all just on, well, I think he's terrible. I mean, you could turn on a roundtable discussion on CNN today and you'll hear a talking head, the anchor, and four panelists. And it's just a given. They don't even try to give explanations as why they thought Donald Trump was a bad president. They just, you know, he's kind of beneath them. And so with Sarah Huckabee Sanders would go to the White House press corps every day and field questions. Um, she did something that was pretty remarkable. Um, she 
did something that I was not aware that press secretaries actually did. Press secretaries don't always give press conferences. It was really during the Reagan administration that Ronald, Ronald Reagan used the White House press corps to take his message to us, the people. In the past, what would happen is the White House would leak something out to the press, they get a hold of the story, and then the Washington Post would tell you what happened, or the New York Times, the L.A. Times, uh, the Chicago Tribune, you know, whatever the major newspaper was. Ronald Reagan would hold a press conference with either, you know, a national address or a press conference with the White House press corps, and they'd televise it, or they'd make it available to the public, and he used the press to his advantage so he could get his message out and do his messaging. Ever since then, if the president of the United States does not look good on television, does not present well on television, it could be a real detriment to their campaign. But if they do present well, well, look at the difference between either George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush and Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. There are still people to this day who look at Bill Clinton and Barack Obama as just the, the stellar, you know, the, the top of the heap when it comes to class and character and this, that, and the other thing. If you look at their records, I mean, if you take the actions of presidents going back to Ronald Reagan, maybe before that, Jimmy Carter, Richard Nixon, and you take their names off, take the numbers out, take the time period out, and just list their accomplishments and their kind of shady dealings, most Americans, I would venture a guess, I would say conservatively 90% of Americans would be shocked to find out that their guy, and I say that in air quotes, their guy who they thought was a paragon of virtue in the White House, was really pretty crummy. <laughs> and the person they thought was just horrible and awful turned out to be not half bad. But one thing Donald Trump did that I was not aware of until after Sarah Huckabee Sanders left her position as White House press secretary is this. When it came to the way the presidents treated the press, what typically happened is that the the members of the press would they would be looking at the daily briefing. The White House would say, these are the things that are on our docket, this, that, and the other thing. And then reporters would do their homework. They would do their due diligence. And they would submit questions to the White House, the White House press corps. And the White House press corps would then prepare answers for the press secretary that they had in office. And that press secretary then would look and say, oh, yeah, so-and-so from uh, the Los Angeles Times. What's your question? They knew exactly what the question was going to be. And then after they would ask the question, hopefully they wouldn't deviate from the script. Then the press secretary would give kind of a canned, prepared answer, make it look spontaneous, and they'd move on. Everything you saw that, Leo, choo-choo-choo-choo-choo with the pictures and stuff, everything you saw on C-SPAN and, you know, the nightly news was carefully choreographed and scripted until Donald Trump took office. When Donald Trump became the 45th president of the United States, the White House press secretary basically came to battle armed with their own information, their own wit, and their own verbal skills. And none of Trump's press secretaries solicited questions in advance, to my knowledge. And the longest tenured White House press secretary was a woman by the name of Sarah Huckabee Sanders. This is a woman who was maligned by the media. You want to talk about the gotcha question. By the way, you've probably noticed if you listen to any of the interviews that I conduct here on the Bottom Line show, I don't ask gotcha questions. I'll tell you why, in all honesty. I'm really not that clever. I mean, there are times when you'll read a book or watch a movie or something and, and you can draw something out that the, the guest is happy to answer. But the gotcha question is the, hey, is God so big and powerful that he can make a mountain so big that he can't move it? You know, 
or where they try to ask, it's the uh, uh, congressman, is it true that your son still has a drug problem? You don't, you can't really answer the question one way or the other because you're, you're incriminating yourself either way. That didn't stop the likes of the, main, the legacy media during the Trump administration from literally just coming out with some of the most out-of-left-field, mean-spirited questions you can imagine. Now, I know there were some questions I think that were very fair. Uh, it wasn't everyone who did it, but it just seemed like Jim Costa was the... Uh, uh, was the the ringleader from CNN of trying to get the big you know reaction and oh I made you say this and whatever and I always admired Sarah Huckabee Sanders for standing up with grace and with dignity and responsibility she's a very smart woman and so when she announced during the uh, toward the the latter part of the Trump presidency the first uh, term that she was going to be stepping away from the White House press corps. She was going to stop being the uh, uh, White House uh, pre- secretary, press secretary. And she was going to focus on her family a little bit. Um, a family that got drugged into the spotlight and through the mud one time. They went to a restaurant and the diners made it impossible for her and her family to have a meal because they were so rude and vulgar. I was pleasantly surprised to find out at the start of 2022 that Sarah Huckabee Sanders was running for governor of Arkansas. And brothers and sisters, let me tell you, she won in a cakewalk, <laughs> landslide. Um, she had no problem whatsoever winning. Uh, it's very interesting because once she became governor, she was sworn in here in January, and on her first day in office, she signed a slew of executive orders, including one that literally declared that critical race theory is considered indoctrination and should not be allowed in public schools. Executive order to prohibit indoctrination and critical race theory in schools is the name of the order. It's one of several that she signed. And she said, basically, look, critical race theory, or CRT, is anti-ethical to the traditional American values of neutrality, equality, and fairness. It emphasizes skin color as a person's primary characteristic, thereby resurrecting segregationist views, or segregationist views, which America has fought so hard to reject. Government policies must empower parents to make decisions for their children and foster curriculum transparency in classrooms all across the state. Now, you know who would echo that sentiment? It's an African-American pastor who was on our program last Thursday, uh, Pastor John Anwachukwu, uh, who has written a book called Erased, which talks about critical race theory, abortion, and says, yes, teach the tougher parts of American history that show that America does have a a racist legacy, but do not run the risk of painting everyone who's Caucasian as bad and everyone who's African-American as virtuous. And I mean, if you base everything on the color of your skin, then you ignore the fact that it's not, as Benjamin Watson, a former NFL star, says, we don't have a skin problem, we have a sin problem. And so I commend Sarah Huckabee Sanders for signing this executive order that prohibits critical race theory in schools. Now, I hope she'll take it a step further and actually teach some of the more troubling history in the United States about slavery and slave Bibles and things of that nature. Um, Some of the, you know, the Tulsa massacre, et cetera, et cetera, uh, the destruction of Black Wall Street in 1921, for example. But I think it's important to say, look, we need to go after what the real problem is and not just kind of whitewash over the problem by saying, I'm Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I've got white skin, I'm part of the problem. I think this is a bold move for her, and I appreciate you continuing to keep in your prayers this woman of God who is now beginning a a term, hopefully a a long uh, run, a couple of terms in office, as the governor of Arkansas. We've got a link for this story up at thebottomlineshow.com. As we continue, you know, a lot of families get into situations where they need some help, they need some hope. 
And uh, Mark Gregston is the founder and director of Heartlight Ministries in Longview, Texas. Uh, they've spent 40 years working with kids who are in uh, troubled situations, you know, and, and as parents and grandparents, we, the last thing we want for our kids and grandkids is to see them in troubled situations. But when they get into a, a bit of a snit, uh, it also winds up impacting the entire family. And Mark has just completed a book he's been working on for the past four years. It's called Daily Hope for Families. It's a heartlight devotional. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. This is the good news I was telling you about. We're going to give away two copies of the book between now and the top of the hour. So if you want to get your dialing fingers ready, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Mark Gregston joins me next as the bottom line continues. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com. Hit the Preborn banner right now. Well, a special guest joining us once again here on the Bottom Line Show today to talk about something that is something that we, we I think many of us like the idea of, we like the sound of it. But, you know, if you've got teenagers in your world, if you've got, whether they're kids or grandkids of you, and they are feeling just this kind of emptiness and aimlessness that a lot of kids are feeling right now, you might be looking for a resource to help maybe your adult children with your grandkids, or maybe you've got teenagers that you are in the parenting season with to help out. And uh, Mark Gregston is with me today here on The Bottom Line, the founder of Heartlight Ministries and the author of a brand new book called Daily Hope for Families, a Heartlight Devotional. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Mark Gregston, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Well, it's good to be with you again. You have been working in youth ministry, first as a young life guy and then with Heartlight. You've got yeah. more than four decades of doing this right now, and you still have a positive outlook. How do you do this, Mark? Because, and I mean this sincerely, <laughs> kids are tough anyway, but then it seems like the past decade or so, it's gotten even more challenging to be a kid with all the anxiety, depression, things like that they're dealing with. How do you, what, what gives you hope? What keeps you hopeful? Well, you know, I, I, I think the basic core of, of kids remains the same. The desire for relationship, the longing for uh, a, a deeper committed significance in life, looking for a purpose, looking for a mission. And wanting to have those voids filled in their life that I think that's been the general nature of kids for hundreds of years, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you look at all of them, they want that. It's just that culture is working against them. So so the issue isn't kids. For me, it's, it's more taking culture and saying, how do we take this culture 
that is bombarding our kids with information that's exposing them to everything that's that's kind of ex- expressing things that are maybe against what we believe in the biblical standards that we hold and and those things that we embrace and so the challenge is say hey, how do I take the very things that I know to be true and apply it to their world so that's where I feel like that that it just hasn't quit it it there's always a Every morning and every day that I wake up, it's it's a new challenge to figure out how do we reach kids? How do we help parents give them the tools to put some new tools in their parenting toolbox to help them engage with their kids in such a way that you're deepening that relationship and showing them what it's like to live as a, a godly mom or dad, a man, a woman, a grandma, and a grandpa but but that you're embracing the very things that you believe in. And so that was kind of the whole purpose of the book is to help people uh, just kind of embrace and, and remember that that we know the end of the story. We know right. we're going to end up in a good place. It's just helping people get there. Yeah. Boy, and this is a great resource to talk about the tools of the trade to get you to that place. Mark Gregston with Heartlight Ministries is with me today here on The Bottom Line. The new book is called Daily Hope for Families, a Heartlight Devotional. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Um, a lot of parents are saying, you know, my kids and I used to be when we were, you know, the kids were little, that we were really close. Then they went, they go into adolescence, and we all know that's the place where you you start asking God for refunds, you know, when you're in your prayers and stuff like that, <laughs> saying, "What? Who is this person? What happened?" You know, but you know, it seems to me like culturally, the the society is encouraging kids to be disrespectful to adults, you know, to kind of be rude. I mean, those are the ones who who get all the the love in the social media world. But when it comes to real life, parents and grandparents are the ones saying, hey, wait, I'm taking out the trash on this. I mean, this is this is happening in my home and it's causing some problems here. Uh, one of the, the, the things you do with these devotionals is they're more than just a prayer and a poem. And, you know, here's a Bible verse and have you on your way. You really are dialing in on specific areas. And I know that the disrespect of kids, that's one of them. Talk about how um, parents can get the most out of this Daily Hope for Families devotional. Well, you know, I, I think it's a constant reminder that the scripture that we've all learned is timeless truth. And at the core is that, that, that the, the method by which we present that to kids and show them it's no longer by words. Uh, our kids are full of words. They're full of information. They're bombarded with information. And so, and they look at scripture as just another piece of information. And so if, if we're just going to talk at them and think that's going to do it, it's not. We're not going to remain engaged with them. What it, what it means is that, that you and me as a dad, as a grandpa, whatever that is, we've got to set an example and engage with a child. And it's not so much by talking and using words. It's the example that's being set, and it's listening to the heart of our child. Mm. And it's, it's sometimes being quiet. Even a fool appears wise when he keeps his mouth shut. Right. It's engaging differently because they're thinking differently. They are different. They, they've changed totally. But they're also being bombarded by a culture that you and I have said that we're glad that we don't have to grow up in. Right. And because of that, they're being pushed away. And what we've got to do is figure out how do we continually pull them in. And the tendency that most parents have is, well, I'm going to use my old style techniques yep. and, and where I got that T-shirt that said world's greatest mom and world's greatest dad. Well, I'll keep doing the same thing. And that's the only time that I tell parents that they're wrong. If you think that the tools that you used in the preteen years are going to be effective in the teen years, 
you were wrong. And so, so the, the purpose of writing this book, and it took me four years to write it, mm. it is to really say, mom, dad, all you grandparents, there's a way to engage and you can do it in such a way that offers help and hope to kids. And you do it differently than what you used to do, rather than thinking, I'm going to keep doing the same thing. Kids are different. The society's different. Culture, the, the way they're bombarded, what they are exposed to is just unbelievable. What they're being taught in schools, all those things, it's different than what you and I are used to. And it doesn't mean we've got to spend all of our time complaining that everything's wrong. It may be wrong. I want to spend my time figuring out how do I engage with them to offer them the very thing that I know can get them through this difficult time. Mm. Mark Gregson is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Mark's brand new book is called Daily Hope for Families. It's a Heartlight devotional published by Heartlight Ministries and Forefront. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. There comes a point, Mark, I mean, I, I think it was... Uh, I, d- 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 I'm trying to think. Tim Kimmel, somebody, this is probably 20 years ago, said there comes a point in a, the relationship between a parent and a child where the kids basically fire you as their coach and they hire you back as a consultant. You know, you get to the kind of like 17, 18, yeah. 19 back in the day. Now it seems to be extending more. You know, we're talking about teens, but a lot of young people are 25, 30, you know, and they're still dealing with these types of issues. Talk about how this changes when they do get older, because the 15-year-old kid doesn't necessarily have the language, doesn't have the tools, doesn't have the driver's license or the job that the 25-year-old child has. And yet, a lot of times, are you seeing that they're dealing with a lot of the same issues? Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, it's amazing to me. We get about 10,000 calls a year from parents who want to place their kids to come live with us, because I live mm-hmm. with 60 high school kids. Yikes. And and um, it's amazing to me. The American Medical Association has increased the age of adolescence to age 27. Wow. The American Journal of Adolescent Psychiatry has increased it to age 26. And it's because what's happening, you know, our generation created Starbucks and created places to go where people would know your name. And we, we wanted relationships. And, and so we focused on relationships. And so we smothered our kids. We helicopter parented. We did everything for them. We took on their responsibility rather than giving them the responsibility to make life. We make decisions for them. We do so much for them. And, and we sit back and wonder why they feel entitled. Mm-hmm. It's because we've created that. And so what that means is our kids are getting frustrated that they don't have the tools to live in the culture that they're growing up in. And that's our issue that you and I as a grandparent and a parent needs to deal with. We've got to raise our kids in such a way that they can grow up because we know that maturity is a byproduct of the assumption of responsibility, that when I allow them to make decisions and even make mistakes and allow them to be imperfect, when I spend more time listening than talking, when I spend more time engaging with them in discussion rather than lecture. When I, mm-hmm. when I just engage differently, what that does is give them the opportunity to develop the tools that they need to survive in this culture, but not just survive, where they can thrive and mature and grow up. Because that 25-year-old who now acts like a 16-year-old is going to make decisions pretty quick about who they're going to marry, how they're going to raise their kids. Mm-hmm. And so the impact that all of us can have is by engaging with them differently helping them grow up where they can make good decisions. 
Wow. But that's that's good insight. It's sobering insight, but it's a good biblical exhortation from Mark Gregston, who's our guest today here on The Bottom Line. Mark is the founder and director of Heartlight Ministries, and the new book is called Daily Hope for Families, a Heartlight Devotional. We've got a link for this book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Life insurance will never replace the person you love, but that money can help you get through life when it feels impossible. When your life insurance claim is denied while you're already dealing with so much, you need someone on your side. Stephanie Cover of Coverlaw used to work for the insurance companies. She challenges and understands the way insurance companies think. Hire Stephanie to file a life insurance appeal while everything is still fresh in your mind. Don't let the insurance company get away with greedy behavior while you're in mourning. Stephanie Cover will do everything in her power to get you the financial protection which was promised to you as a beneficiary of the policy. The money from the life insurance proceeds can supplement your income so you can support yourself throughout the process of bereavement. Save Stephanie's number or call her now at 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Or you can fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash coverlaw. Stephanie Cover, she knows the other side. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Mark Gregson is my guest from Heartlight Ministries, the founder and director of that outstanding ministry, and also uh, the uh, broadcaster and podcaster, Raising uh, raising Today's Teens, I believe is the name of his program and short feature. And uh, we've got a link for Heartlight Ministries up at thebottomlineshow.com. If you are a parent who has a teen who's really wrestling with some issues right now, and what teen isn't? This book, Daily Hope for Families, A Heart-Like Devotional, is going to be a benefit to you. If you are a grandparent and you've got a teen or a preteen who's really going through it right now and you're saying, wait, I raised your parents to be you know, a good godly man or woman and we're here for you providing spiritual cover, we're praying, and you're still making these choices that send you off the rails, this is a great devotional for you too. We have two copies of this book to give away here on this Good News Friday. Love having Good News Friday giveaways. Crystal is standing by to take your calls right now for Daily Hope for Families, a Heartlight Devotional by Mark Gregston of Heartlight Ministries, 800-227-5278, is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, as I mentioned, we've got two copies of this outstanding book to give away, and uh, I've known Mark for many, many years. He's a, a great man of God, and he... This is a guy who one time we were talking about the type of uh, you know care that they give these kids who are maybe at risk, I guess, at Heartlight Ministries. It was a kid who would not clean the bathroom. And Mark said, look, if, if this young man, if you don't clean the bathroom, you're not going to have a toilet to clean. And the kid said, like that. So finally, one day, the kid came back in from outside. <laughs> He'd been doing some kind of chore. He really needed to use the restroom. He ran into the bathroom, you know, Dropped trial, was ready to go, and landed smack dab on the floor because Mark had taken the commode out. And, <laughs> and he came down and goes, what the heck? And he goes, I told you. <laughs> I've always loved that story, but that's pra- Needless to say, the bathroom always got clean from that point on. Uh, Daily Hope for Families, a Heartlight devotional is up at thebottomlineshow.com. We've got two copies we're giving away right now at 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. More of my conversation with Mark Gregston from Heartlight Ministries in just a moment as the bottom line continues. My thanks again to Mark Gregston, the founder of Heartlight Ministries and the author of Daily Hope for Families, a Heartlight devotional for joining me today here on The Bottom Line. It's always great to get some time with Mark Gregston, and this book is one I highly recommend. Boy, Mark, you mentioned in the earlier segment 
four years to write this thing. But then again, this we're talking, I, I talked to a lot of authors who have a 30 day devotional, a 45 day devotional, a 52 week devotional, whatever. You took this thing on for an entire calendar year. What was that like as a writer? <laughs> <laughs> it was brutal. That's what yeah. it was. I mean, <laughs> You know, what I did was I, I, I really did two things at once, and I started to write down those scriptures that that I wish somebody would have shared with me, yes. you know, when, when I was when I was parenting my kids. And, and so it's kind of in hindsight. But then what I did was take all the things that I've learned. I mean, I've lived with 3,000 kids. I've dealt with, you know, thousands and thousands of parents that have struggled through adolescence with their kids. And and in that living with them at our residential counseling center, then, you know, what, what we've learned is how to take the very things that we believe and apply it to that world. But the biggest challenge is, is, is saying, how do I find the scripture that, that speaks to me and motivates me today and gives me a handle? And if anybody knows me, I'm a very practical, hands-on kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not this yeah, philosophical guy that comes up with all these concepts that hasn't tried them out. I get to try these things out on all the kids that live with us mm. and see whether they work or not. And so it's, it's helping parents say, here's some changes you can make. Here's some understanding you can get about your child, but here's some scripture. And when you look at scripture through the eyes of a struggling teen or in the concept of a world that's kind of gone crazy to some degree, you know, that, that there, there is something that comes to life and that's what I wanted to do. And so as I put those two things together, the right, the finding the right scripture, and at the same time, you know, writing those bits of wisdom that kind of fall into place, they, I, I, I wanted to spend a lot of time to make sure that it made sense. And I wasn't just writing stuff for the sake of writing. I mean, I've poured my heart into this thing, and mm-hmm. um, and I hope that expresses itself as, as people read it. Well, I encourage our Bottom Line listeners to take a look at this book that we have linked up at thebottomlineshow.com, Daily Hope for Families by Mark Gregston. It's a heartlight devotional, and, and you will be blessed by this, regardless of where you are in the parenting world. If you are in the thick of it with teenagers and preteens, if you are a, a grandparent who's got a lot of responsibility, because Mark, as we've talked about before, uh, even with some of your writings, grandparents are doing a lot more parenting. Uh, in this generation than we've ever seen before, whether they're providing Monday through Friday after school, you know, type of care, or in some cases, I talked to an author, a a uh, Texas-based ministry guy who he and his wife wound up adopting their granddaughter after her mother passed away. And, uh, you know, that's becoming way more common. For those of us who are kind of on the sidelines, we're watching our adult children with their children, and they're seeing th- we're seeing certain things that they're doing and we're kind of cringing a little bit like oh wow why are you doing that and, <laughs> and then at the same time it's a report card too right as to what what kind of job we did yeah. in raising our adult kids but how can we, right. how can we as grandparents use your book daily hope for families uh, to kind of walk alongside our kids because no kid wants grandma and grandpa showing up and telling them how to do it but at the same time, we've got mm-hmm. some wisdom. Like you said, we, you, you've put passages in here that you wrote in this book that you wish someone would have told you when you were a young parent. Yeah, you know what, as a grandparent, I, I mean, I think grandkids are a reward for not killing your own kids. And I, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm convinced of it. And, and there's something about, about that grandchild. And so, you know, I've got grandkids that are now 22 and 17 mm. and 10 and 11 and that, you know, and, and so it's a, it's a whole gamut. They're spread out a little bit, 
But what I've found when 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 the two that I that that I've been closest to became adolescents, that that I needed to quit talking so much. I needed to listen. Mm-hmm. I needed to spend time trying to understand their world rather than trying to convince them of mine. I needed mm-hmm. to quit sharing my opinion and start giving a perspective. I need to quit giving answers and start asking questions. And it just means that I engage differently. I'm not, you know, as a, as a grandparent, I'm not a parent on steroids. Right. I am a grandparent that, that when my grandkids enter my home, it's a place of rest. There's no rules. They can do whatever they want. I'm going to spoil them rotten. Yep. I'll confront them on things if it needs to be, but I'm not going to tell them where they're wrong. I'm not going to tell them how they need to do it different or how they can do it better next time. They need to have a place of rest. When Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and you will find rest for your soul. That is, that is the commission to grandparents hmm. so that your grandkids can come to your home and go, this is the most relaxing, restful place in the world. And so that's what, that's what I go for. And then because of that, they start asking you questions. Before I answered, I think it through and go, okay, am I just going to share information? Am I answering just to promote what I think they need to hear? Or am I really sharing with them wisdom that I've gathered in my life? And out of the abundance of the heart, Scripture says, your mouth speaks, that that I can share wisdom with them in such a way and give them perspective on life and allow my gray hair you know, and wrinkles to kind of cry out loud to them that there's some things you can learn here. So they come to me rather than me having to chase them down all the time. Right, right. And so that's where, you know, I think even in this book, a grandparent would, would be encouraged to go, okay, I, I need to make it. You know, we're two or three generations away from our grandkids. I mean, life changes quickly now. It, every five years, it's like it's a whole new generation. Well, that means I'm going to be behind the cue ball if I don't, stay on top of it. And I, and I think that's where I wanted to share some concepts and ideas and, uh, that really encourage grandparents as well. I love this. Mark Gregston is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, the founder and main man at Heartlight Ministries in Longview, Texas. He's also the <laughs> author of, well, yeah, Chief Cook and Bottle Washer, you've done it all, I would imagine, there you go. over the 40 years of ministry. Uh, the book is called Daily Hope for Families. It's a Heartlight devotional, and we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Mark, we have a couple minutes left. And you know, it's interesting. Our, our friend and colleague, Jim Burns, always says the thing you have to remember with kids, especially from this generation on, is we were never their age. And you, and you brought that up earlier, the fact that kids are dealing with a world that is so weird and so crazy, and yet there is a lot of hope. Give parents who, you know, a, 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 I, you've given us many reasons to want to read and use your devotional, Daily Hope for Families, but give yeah. parents a little bit of hope and encouragement that what they're going to find in these devotions really can cut through the clutter of transgender confusion and politics gone crazy and, you know, just people just acting out of their minds where the culture doesn't really reinforce biblical values anymore. Mom and dad are the first line of defense for that. They really are, you know, and, and I think that, that you got to put it in perspective a little bit. I, you know, part of me goes, turn off the news. Yep. You're going to hear the same thing. I, I mean, it's over and over and over again. And, and kind of get your bearings straight a little bit, that it's not tearing down the world. It's not being negative about everything. It's being positive somewhere 
that provides the opportunity for discussion to help, you know, encourage a child when they're out there trying to figure all that stuff out. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever they're facing, I mean, there's enough challenges in this world and that, that whatever they're facing, they don't need to be told that how wrong it is and how bad it is. They don't need to be told that they don't have the answer. They, they need to be told, okay, let me help you think this through and get to a better point. And I think what happens is when we begin to change our hearts and the way that we approach kids, that God then uses us in a, in a very special way. If we'll just be quiet long enough, listen a little bit more, be slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to listen, and do that in such a way that a child knows, you know, when I go to my grandpa or my dad or my mom, there is a voice of wisdom because mm-hmm. that's what they want. They're not looking for more information. They're looking for wisdom. And mom, dad, grandpa, grandma, you have that wisdom. You have to dig deep. You can read scripture. You can ask God to give you that wisdom. But you have experiences in life and your thinking and your observations has created your own story that you have it inside of you. You just got to switch gears to turn that on and start turning off some of this other stuff. Boy, and that temp- that temperature control, if you will, or the volume control, uh, that's something that mom and dad, grandma and grandpa can regulate for young people when they don't know how to do it. And this resource, this new devotional book by Mark Gregson is going to be a, a play a huge role in getting that done. The book is called Daily Hope for Families. It's a Heartlight devotional. We have a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com in addition to Heartlight Ministries. Uh, we'll have that webpage up there as well. Mark Gregson, uh, Happy New Year. Welcome back to the program today. We're looking forward to more conversations. So I have something to tells me we won't be discussing any new books that you're writing this year. It sounds like 2023 is a uh, put your feet up for a little bit and let the writing be handled by somebody else. Is that accurate? Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to take a little bit of break. Roger, thank you so much and, and happy new year, new year to you guys and hopefully we'll see you soon. Well, always great time with Mark Gregson of Heartlight Ministries. And Mark, thank you so much for being a part of the program and leaving us a couple of books to give away here on this Good News Friday. Uh, the book is called Daily Hope for Families, as you heard me mention, a Heartlight devotional. We've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com if you'd like to take a look at it. And we've got two copies that Crystal's holding on to right now. See if you can pry them away from her hands at 800 227 5278. 800 227 5278. the number to get you through to the bottom line. It is a confusing world for teens and preteens. One thing my friend Jim Burns at uh, the Homeward Ministries has always said, you know, we were 7, we were 11, we were 14, we were 17, but when it comes to kids today, we were never their age. If you catch yourself having a conversation with your kids or grandkids and you say, well, you know, when I was your age, that doesn't work anymore. You want a deeper relationship with your teen. You want to build trust with your teen. You know that those teen years, now adolescence, as Mark mentioned, adolescence ends at age 27. Trust me, I have a 28-year-old son. We've talked for about two and a half hours the other night about some things that are happening in both of our lives. And I could see some of the frustration and disappointment. I thought, wait a minute, you're 28, you're earning a master's degree, you're working full time. And yet I feel like I'm talking to you when you're in high school. And I realized that the way the culture is hit and with COVID and he, his mom passed away a couple of years ago, that in many ways he's still processing life at age 28 the way I process life at 17. So it's important to understand that you can build a deeper relationship with your teen and your young adults, but you have to understand that responsibility, 
you know, there's that sense of entitlement's going to be there and kind of push that way out the window. Um, it is a turbulent and confusing world for them, even if they have advantages working in their favor. And I encourage you, whether you've got a kid in a crisis situation like at Heartlight or they're just kind of going through a rough patch right now, this is a great book to have. Daily Hope for Families, a Heartlight devotional by Mark Gregston, the founder and director of Heartlight Ministries. We've got two copies to give away at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. That is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we've got a couple of football stories to share with you. Of course, you've heard the good news about Damar Hanslin, but have you heard of the Buffalo Bills, you know, the guy who collapsed on the 2nd of January and had a cardiac arrest and whatever. We're going to bring in all the medical experts next week to kind of dissect that a little further. But in just a moment, we're going to give you the latest update. You probably heard uh, uh, Wednesday night he was released from the hospital and is rehabbing at home. But there's another football player, another great man of faith, who made headlines. And it's interesting because this is a guy who, you know, both of these men wore kind of symbols of their faith on their faces, literally. DeMar Hanslin uh, used to take the eye black that most players would just put under their eyes, and he'd make a cross on each cheek to indicate his faith. The other guy we're going to talk about on this Good News Friday made headlines because when he played in a college football national championship game, he emblazoned his eye black with John 3.16. Do you remember who did that? Well, I'm going to remind you of who he is and why we are celebrating an accolade for him in the football world. That's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Still taking your calls on this Good News Friday edition of The Bottom Line Show. Roger Marsh here. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to The Bottom Line. We have two copies we're giving away of the book written by our guest for the past half hour, Mark Gregston of Heartlight Ministries. This book is called Daily Hope for Families. It's a Heartlight devotional. If you're looking for a good family devotional book that helps you as a parent or a grandparent, do a better job of understanding the, the world your teenager is living in right now. This is the resource you want to read. And uh, Crystal's got two copies we're giving away right now, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. So I mentioned a moment ago uh, on Wednesday night, Damar Hamlin was discharged from the hospital, uh, sent home, and his stunning recovery continues. Um, this is crazy. When you think about it, um, the Buffalo Bills are playing the Cincinnati Bengals on a Monday night, the New Year's Day Monday night football edition. It was actually January 2nd when uh, late in the first quarter of the game, a guy called T. Higgins, I believe, for the Bengals was running out of the backfield. DeMar Hanslin is a safety for the Bills, came running up and made the tackle. It was a pretty innocuous play. You see this in football all the time. And then as the players got up, uh, it looked like DeMar Hanslin fell backwards. And uh, T. Higgins afterwards said, you know what? Um, I saw him. I've played against him many times before. I thought he was flopping. I thought he was just kind of falling down, like to fake an injury and get a little more time out for his team. But then they realized he did not wake up. And he was lying there motionless on the ground. He was out. I mean, his heart had literally stopped beating and he stopped breathing for at least nine minutes. This is a guy who... Um, eventually was brought back to life through the work of the, uh, uh, the assistant trainer of the Buffalo Bills. And um, he was at least gotten, got to the point where they had a heartbeat open again. And by the way, if I may just remind you, our friends at Preborn see this happen every day. Not the, we've got to resuscitate someone to bring them back to life. But when you look at a, a Preborn graphic and you see 
uh, you know, the, the, the ultrasound images on there, you get to hear the heartbeat. And that's when we in the pro-life community say that is a human being and that person is alive. And what we saw in the DeMar Hanslin case was really proving that point because here was a guy who was lying on the ground, motionless, he was not breathing, there was no heartbeat. And the way they determined that he was alive was reestablishing the heartbeat, getting a sinus rhythm back again. Inspiration as well as expiration. Inspiration, you're taking air in. Expiration, you're, you're breathing it out. To anyone who will say, yeah, a clump of tissues, well, that sounds like a heartbeat, but it's not really, then you're kind of at odds with your own theology and your own science if you say Damar Hanslin was basically dead and was brought back to life, and the reason we knew he was back alive was his heart started beating again. Well, after spending a little over a week in more than two area hospitals, uh, DeMar Hanslin was discharged. He had been transferred to the Buffalo General Medical Center, the Gates Vascular Institute, um, uh, just Monday of this week. He had been spending time, as you know, at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. They were playing, uh, the Bills were playing the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati, and so that's where he was rushed to. Um, and, you know, the fact that he was in critical condition for the first couple of days after they're saying literally he passed out because of a cardiac arrest. But it's interesting to see how many people have been praying. Uh, the entire Buffalo Bills team on one bended knee, heads bowed, joining in prayer for this young man. Stan fans in the stands at Cincinnati, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, played a game on Saturday. don't remember who their opponent was, but both teams came to midfield and took a knee before the game to pray for DeMar Hamlin. I mean, the number of people who don't believe in God. You heard Neil Boron uh, yesterday on the National Crawford Roundtable, or on the podcast part. You may not have heard it on the terrestrial, but the, on the podcast part, uh, Neil was talking about the number of atheists who've been going to the WDCX social media pages and saying, look, I know you're Christians. Pray to your God that this guy pulls through. The prayer cover for DeMar Hamlin has just been nothing short of spectacular. But you know what's really cool? I mean, to see the number of people who have been praying for him, uh, Dan Orlovsky on ESPN, who prayed on Monday night during an on-air broadcast, literally on ESPN, places like ESPN, which is owned by Disney, by the way, which is like the wokest of the woke companies. And even Disney was putting up uh, you know, prayer emojis and hashtag praying for Damar. And, you know, it's just, it's been amazing to see what God has been doing. People all over social media just plastering with pictures and prayer requests and praise God he's coming around. And Josh Allen, the quarterback of the Bills, and Sean McDermott, their their head coach, you know, giving glory to God for every step of the way. And the, the legacy media doesn't know quite what to do with this guy because this is a guy who basically typifies everything that preborn is all about. Damar Hamlin is basically a walking advert, if you will, for preborn. His mom and dad were teenagers when he was conceived. His mother gave birth to him at the age of 16. Dad wound up spending some time. Got, uh, he was in prison, got mixed up with the wrong crowd. About three years after that happened, he and mom kind of reconvened and had been raising their son. Now they're mainstays at all of his games. They cheered him on through the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, he was drafted by the Buffalo Bills as, in his second or third season. I believe he's only 24. And it's amazing because the legacy media, as I said, doesn't know what to do with it. First of all, here's an African-American kid who was conceived in an out-of-wedlock relationship by a couple of African-American teenagers. They chose life. That is a huge step. 
I don't know this for a fact, but I would be willing to wager that DeMar Hamlin's mom was given an ultrasound and she got a chance to see her son in the womb, got to hear his heartbeat. Boy, I'll bet if she loved hearing his heartbeat for the first time on that ultrasound machine, I'm sure that she loved hearing it even more in his hospital room at the age of 24 for him. But you see, the status quo in the legacy media is teenage black girl. She can't raise that kid on her own. The best thing for her to do is to abort. And that's where our friends at Preborn come in and say, uh, hold, not so fast. Let's get this woman to a preborn clinic. She can have a pregnancy test to confirm the pregnancy, and she can have an ultrasound so she can see her son or daughter. In this case, it turned out to be a son. And she and her family said, we're going to raise this boy. They could have very easily also released him for adoption. But 83% of the people who go to preborn clinics, the women and their you know partners, husbands or boyfriends, wind up choosing either to release for adoption or to raise the child on their own after seeing the ultrasound image. And that's where you come in. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. I have a goal for this program here. Uh, it's kind of an odd goal, but I want to see if we can save 18 more babies. The reason is DeMar Hamlin wears number three and the next guy we're going to profile wears number 15. So there's 18 there. Can we get 18 babies saved preborn between now and the top of the hour? 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229. Or go to kbrightradio.com. Click on the preborn banner. There's a couple of kids wrapped in swaddling cloths and they look fantastic. If God has blessed you with the means to provide, it's $28, by the way, per ultrasound. So $28, one kid, $140, five kids, $280, 10 kids, $2,800, 100 kids. But if God has blessed you with the ability to make a $15,000 tax-deductible donation right now, that will buy one entire ultrasound machine and donate it to a preborn clinic. That ultrasound machine could do 250 ultrasounds over the course of this coming year and could do so for a minimum of 10 years. Do the math. 15,000 divided by 250 times 2,500. Now the cost of the ultrasound goes down even more. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229. Go to kbrightradio.com. Go to rogermarsh.com. Click on the preborn banner and make your best tax-deductible donation. Some final thoughts on Damar Hamlin and a little preview as to who else we're going to be talking about. Remember I mentioned his jersey number is number 15. And in his background is a history of kneeling and praying okay that's our next good news story coming up next as the bottom line continues well dennis wilson is with me today here on the bottom line i'm roger marsh 800-696-9970 or go to wilson-financial.com there are a lot of people who have been really taking a bath when it comes to stocks this year stock market off 25 percent in some segments but yet you have a new program that's really designed to help somebody in that situation earn some of that loss back it's obviously designed to do exactly that it's a very limited offer on a 16 percent guaranteed return on your account in an account that in the next two years can never go down it is a great vehicle to help people who have lost money because of the way the market is but there is a time limit is there not dennis wilson people have to act now the 4th of January, you have an additional, I think, 30 or 60 days to get the funds in because some of these IRA accounts take a while to move. But yes, the initial application and declaration that you want to start the account needs to be signed by 1 4 23. Well, this is a golden opportunity. Go to Wilson Financial.com, 800 696 9970, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial. 
Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. You still have a couple of moments left to give Crystal a call at 800-227-5278 and get your name in the drawing for the two copies of Mark Gregston's book uh, about from Heartlight Ministries. It's a brand new resource called Daily Hope for Families, a Heartlight devotional. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Damar Hamlin, we've been talking about the miracle man, uh, the safety from the Buffalo Bills who uh, collapsed on the field on January 2nd with what doctors are calling just kind of a uh, cardiac arrhythmia. It was a, a, a heart attack that uh, where he just basically passed out. He's on the mend. He's home now doing his recovery. He's still got an uphill battle, but uh, he seems to be doing very, very well. And of course, what he did for the nation was brought us all together in prayer. And I love to see, I mean, it's going to fade out, of course, in the same way after like 9-11 and stuff, God uses an event like this to bring people together in prayer. Father, we just give you all the glory for bringing DeMar Hamlin back to good health. We praise you for the work that you've done in his life with this charity work with those kids and the toy ministries and, and pray that you'd continue to give him many, many more years, many, many more heartbeats to serve you here on earth to ultimately show people who you are and bring glory to you so that they would see you too and recognize you and come to saving faith. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious and powerful name. Amen. Well, I mentioned DeMar Hamlin uh, is uh, one of our football players that we're sharing good news about. On the other side of this break, I realize right now our KCBC live audience is going to Rabbi Schneider and discovering the Jewish Jesus. You'll get this part when it re-airs tonight at 7 on the Bottom Line Show Extra. On the other side of this break, we're going to talk about another football player who's also getting regular accolades and also has a history and a reputation for being a guy who knelt in prayer on the football field. Tim Tebow and a special award coming up next as the bottom line continues. Good news, good news, good news. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show, or welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Pick your pleasure, whichever one you want. Uh, thanks to everybody who called in for Mark Gregston's book, uh, Daily Hope for Families, a Heartlight Devotional. We had two copies to give away at 800-227-5278, and I believe we've concluded that giveaway now. By the way, if you still want to win something here on Good News Friday, can I give you, this is a, just a, from me to you, a week from tomorrow, Saturday, January the 21st, at the Gem Theater in Garden Grove, California, our good friend Dennis Wilson of Wilson Financial Services is hosting a special matinee movie day. The Gem Theater, Old Town Garden Grove, it's a classic old theater. As a matter of fact, I know it's special to Dennis and Kathy Wilson because when they were kids, because they are like childhood sweethearts, they, that's the place where the, all the kids used to go to the movies. That's the place where, I mean, this is a guy, you want to talk about legacy if you're from Central Orange County. This is a guy who has his office in Garden Grove. He grew up in Garden Grove. I mean, the family, all that. This is, <laughs> they, they love this area. And so what Dennis has done is he's rented out the Gem Theater on Saturday, January 21st at 1130 a.m. And is hosting a screening of a special documentary that could save your financial life in retirement. The movie is called the baby boom dilemma, baby boomer dilemma. It's an expose of the retirement system in the U.S., whether it be your pension fund, your 401k, your IRA. And basically, don't, don't think of the, it's not one of those, let's go behind the scenes and show you how corrupt the system is, though there is a bit of that in there. There's an interview with the guy who invented the 401k, and even he's not a big fan of it these days. 
But as you know, New York Times said, hey, there's a big problem in the United States. More baby boomers are retiring. And as they're retiring, they're changing the, the rules in terms of the labor force and what their consumer trends are, how much money they have to spend. Some of them have a lot. Some baby boomers don't have much. A lot of Generation Xers don't have anything, really, I mean, other than a Social Security check. How do you not beat the system necessarily, but don't get played by the system in retirement so that you can have as much tax-free income as possible and have the kind of retirement that allows you to build churches in Africa if you want to or go on mission trips or uh, travel across the country visiting all your grandkids if you want to? I want you to call Wilson Financial Services right now at 800-696-9970. And ask for a ticket or a pair of tickets. I mean, if it's you and your spouse, pair of tickets. If it's just you and you want to bring a friend, ask for a pair of tickets. They have 100 seats available um, almost exclusively to Bottom Line Show listeners. And so far, we've taken up about a fifth of the seating. There's about 75 tickets left. But you have to call now and reserve your seat. I want you to be able to just show up on Saturday the 21st and go watch the movie. But if you don't have a ticket, you can't go. So... It's really very simple. Call, uh, well, Devaney doesn't work on Fridays, but Emily does. 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. That's the number for Wilson Financial Services. Get your free tickets right now to the special screening of the documentary movie called The Baby Boomer Dilemma to help you make sure that you are maximizing your retirement funds and that you are not going to get out, left out in the cold. Now, if you didn't catch that number, sometimes I hear from people who say, you said the number too fast. Just call us here at the Bottom Line Show, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Now, uh, I mentioned before the break, we have another football Good News Friday story for you, and especially, you know, we're wrapping up the college football season it, it ended on this past Monday with the national championship game. I know they still have the uh, the smaller division games. I think we're just wrapping up, and I don't know if they play the senior bowl anymore or not. Maybe we're finally done. The NFL and college football have done a very good job of stretching their seasons out way longer than they should go. And if you watched what they called a game at, on, on January 9th, you saw the Georgia Bulldogs win their second consecutive uh, national championship. They beat the Texas Christian University, TCU Horned Frogs, 65-7. to I mean, it wasn't even close. And Georgia made it into the finals by beating Ohio State by one point, a mix, missed PAT in overtime. You know, literally, point after touchdown, uh, resulted in them getting the national championship. So congratulations. I want to say congratulations to Vince Dooley's Georgia Bulldogs, but it's been a while since I paid attention to who the coaches are. But I want, since everybody has been praying for DeMar Hamlin, and there's a meme that has been cruising around the internet of late that I, I don't think it's quite fair. It's kind of a false, um, a false equivalency, I believe. And that is they'll show the Buffalo Bills on the sideline uh, the Monday night game on January 2nd, praying for DeMar Hamlin and saying, well, the NFL, you know, God finally showed the NFL when it's appropriate to take a knee. And there were two other opportunities that have gained national notoriety over the past decade or so in the NFL of athletes who took a knee. Of course, you remember back to what was it, 2016 or so in Colin Kaepernick taking his knee when he was a second-string quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And I remember at the time I was in the same camp as everybody else. 
or at least everybody who listened to the Bottom Line show, which was, hey, come on, man. I mean, why are you taking a knee? It's the national anthem. If you want to pray during it, stand up. That's fine. But, you know, at least stand for the anthem. The more I dug into that story and began to see how commercialized the anthem has become, how ironically it was during President 44's term that the U.S. military, that spends a ton of money advertising and recruiting, made it a mandatory thing. We will give you X amount of dollars. We'll do military flyovers, et cetera, et cetera, to have all the, in exchange, have all the athletes on the field standing for the national anthem. Now, that's pretty common in high school and uh, you know, college sports and things like that. But in the pros, evidently, it's only been in the past 10, 15 years that it was mandatory. I mean, teams would do it, but they didn't have to. People would be surprised to find out that here's Colin Kaepernick saying, look, I want to take a knee because I'm protesting police brutality. But, oh, yeah, this mandatory stand for the anthem thing was the result of the Obama administration. Kind of strange. Well, of course, what happened in 2016, you know, Donald Trump gets involved and says, hey, you're disrespecting the military and whatever. And most people believe that Colin Kaepernick was disrespecting the military. He did not do a really great job of messaging this, but in the noted words of Bill Russell, the former uh, NBA Hall of Famer, superstar center with the Boston Celtics, um, he was the one who coined a phrase, at least for my hearing anyway. I, I tell the story often about a basketball game, Lakers-Celtics, I think it was the 84 playoffs, and um, Michael Cooper's guarding Dennis Johnson, Michael Cooper for the Lakers, Dennis Johnson for the Celtics, and Dennis Johnson, who actually was local, they were playing at the Forum, and Dennis had gone to Pepperdine, so I mean, people knew him uh, and they were heckling him and whatnot and Dennis was driving in on Michael Cooper now Dennis Johnson was a big sturdy guy kind of Charles Barkley style and Michael Cooper was a swizzle stick I mean he was six seven and weighed like 150 pounds but he played great defense and so here's Je Dennis Johnson backing in on Michael Cooper and eventually he kind of hip checked him Michael Cooper fell and the referee came over and hit his uh, one hand on the left side of his hip one side of the right hand which is the NBA referee signal for blocking they called the foul on Michael Cooper and not on Dennis Johnson. And so the crowd just went nuts. Boo, boo. And Michael Cooper's walking around and Dick Stockton was doing play-by-play -play for the game. And Dick said, oh, man, boy, Bill, you know, the crowd really thought that uh, Michael Cooper, you know, drew the foul on that one. And Bill Russell just calmly responded. He said, crowds don't think. Crowds react. And I've never forgotten that because I think in the hype and the buildup of the Colin Kaepernick uh, situation on the sidelines, I could see both sides of the argument. There are people who love America, love the military, love the flag, love the anthem and everything it stands for, but there are a lot of other people who it doesn't necessarily mean peace and security and freedom. And then when Kaepernick explained, hey, the reason that I took a knee was that's the military position, if you will, when you're in the field of combat and you take that knee over the body of a soldier who's fallen, giving his life for his country. So he was saying, I'm doing that because of, you know, the, 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 the police brutality that I've experienced or I've seen other black Americans experience. Well, you know, both positions, I think, can be held as true. Yes, there are people in the African-American community who have been victimized by police brutality. Yes, there are Americans who fought and bled and died for our nation and, and, uh, and would continue to do so. And we, we love our nation. We're better together than we are apart. 
But anytime you see kneeling at a football game, there are a lot of people who are putting up pictures of the Bills kneeling and praying for DeMar Hamlin and Colin Kaepernick and a couple other teammates kneeling. And the meme said, uh, this is how God lets everybody know what it, when kneeling is finally appropriate in the NFL. I'm not so sure that that was the best way to handle that case. But then let's enter in a third <laughs> option here, and that is our good friend Tim Tebow. Remember how Tim, I'm a very outspoken Christian. This is the guy who used to wear John 316 eye black under his eyes in his college football games. Uh, this is the guy who was the first ever sophomore to win the Heisman Trophy. This is a guy who set all sorts of records as a college football player, was drafted into the NFL. And once he got to the NFL, he just kind of bounced around a little bit. Probably had his greatest success with the Denver Broncos. Tried to make it a tight end with Jacksonville Jaguars, was in and out of the league. Uh, really didn't get a fair shake, I think. But part of the reason Tim Tebow didn't get a fair shake in the NFL was this is a guy who every time he scored a touchdown, he would bow, bend his knee, bow onto one knee in the end zone. He would kind of make the, they called it Tebowing, where he would take his, uh, his arm and bend it backwards, kind of the elbow, put a little, rest his hand on his fist, and he would bow and pray and give glory to God. Well, that didn't sit right with a lot of NFLers. So I think to that point, it's like, well, when Tim Tebow prayed after scoring a touchdown, that should have been praiseworthy and noteworthy, but the NFL vilified him. But then when DeMar Hamlin had a heart attack on the field and guys were taking a knee and taking a similar pose and praying for him, maybe the NFL finally learned its lesson. Maybe, just maybe. But again, how do you explain to a massive crowd of millions of people what you're doing and why you're doing it. Well, one thing is for sure. When Tim Tebow was praying, everybody knew why he was doing it. When players and coaches and other teammates were praying for DeMar Hamlin for his recovery, everybody understood it. The Tebow message was definitely loud and clear. And toward that end, um, it's very interesting to see that Tim Tebow has now been awarded not only for his faith, but for his outstanding play Last week, Tim Tebow was elected to the College Football Hall of Fame. We'll go into some of the details as to why this is so significant. Coming up next as the bottom line continues. You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words? Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with Preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to Preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now, you give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine, now that's a $15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to preborn right now. Call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. 
Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Good News Friday edition of the program. I'm so glad to have you along. Uh, before we get a little deeper into the story about Tim Tebow being elected into the College Football Hall of Fame, this reminder that today would be an excellent day for you to call Wilson Financial Services and get your tickets for the special screening of the movie called The Baby Boomer Dilemma, an expose of the American retirement system. We have a limited number of tickets available. As a matter of fact, I think we are still uh, cruising somewhere around 75 or so. But, you know, 10 people call up and ask for a pair of tickets and, you know, what happens to that. So get your tickets free while they're still available. Um, and the showing is next Saturday, January the 21st. And it is a matinee, 11.30 a.m. They'll have soda pop. They'll have popcorn. I mean, popcorn at the movies, right? You can't watch a movie without popcorn. And you'll learn about the retirement system. You'll learn about, uh, if you want to know how safe your retirement is, your IRA, your 401k, your Social Security, how to get it tax-free or as tax-free as you possibly can, uh, the Baby Boomer Dilemma will explain to you how challenging it is for people who are in that retirement zone, Baby Boom, Generation X, who either aren't prepared or maybe they're not prepared for what their retirement is really all about whether it's 401k, IRA, pension, whatever it is. 800-696-9970 is the number to call Wilson Financial directly for your free tickets to the movie, The Baby Boomer Dilemma. It's showing once on January 21st, 11.30 a.m., the Gem Theater in Garden Grove. Okay, so there is no alternate screening. It's not showing at movie theaters. It's not showing... I mean, the Gem Theater is a classical theater, but they do live theater as well. 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970 is the number to call Wilson Financial directly, or call us here at the bottom line show at 800-227-5278, and we'll pass your information on to Dennis's team. Congratulations are in order here on this Good News Friday for Tim Tebow. Yeah, his uh, baseball career didn't really amount to much, and his football career in the NFL didn't really go very far at all, but Tim Tebow has been elected to the College Football Hall of Fame. And this, according to the National Football Foundation, he becomes the 13th Florida Gator overall, the 10th Florida player to enter the Hall of Fame. And uh, he has joined a class of 18 former college players who will be selected into the Hall of Fame this year. Now, remember back in, this is a guy who won the Heisman as a sophomore. Back in 2007, he was a finalist for the Heisman in 2008 and 2009. Uh, he won two national championships while he played at the University of Florida in 2006 and in 2008. Florida was just that good, and Tim Tebow was a big part of why they were. But it was the national championship game in 2009, his senior year, where Tim Tebow wore the eye black, you know, that kind of burnt cork black stuff that football players, sometimes baseball players do too, wear under their eyes. It's supposed to be a reflection, a reflector. Uh, you know, instead of wearing sunglasses, baseball players would wear eye black and it would reflect the sunlight away from your face. But in recent years, you know, they can make eye black any way they want to. And um, in the same way that DeMar Hamlin, the safety for the Buffalo Bills, who was released from the hospital a couple of days ago, and that was one, another one of our good news stories. DeMar Hamlin takes the eye black and he makes the sign of a cross on both of his cheeks to let people know he's a Christian. Tim Tebow, national championship game 2009, came on the field and he had the eye black on, even though they were playing at night. And the eye black that he had underneath both eyes said John 3.16. You know, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. 
Now it's interesting because I have been. I, I remember the guy with the uh, with the rainbow wig who go to sporting events and hold up a sign that said John three sixteen. He did so back in the pre-internet day because so many people already knew what that meant. It was just a reminder. It's kind of like Martin Luther saying, hey, "I preach the gospel every day because I need to hear the gospel every day." But after the game, a website called Seedbed did a little tracking, and during the game. People started Googling. What, is, what has he got under his eye? It was it John 3.16. What the heck is this? And so they Googled it, and they Googled it, and they kept Googling it. John 3.16 was Googled 90 million times in and around the national championship game in 2009 simply because Tim Tebow put that Bible verse on his eye black. So Tim Tebow started the Tim Tebow Foundation in 2010. Uh, the mission statement says the Tim Tebow Foundation exists to bring faith, hope, and love to those needing a brighter day in their darkest hour of need. There are currently four ministry areas, special needs, orphan care and prevention, children with profound medical needs, and anti-human trafficking. Now, what should have been a stellar career in the NFL for Tim Tebow only lasted three seasons. But it's his work through the, uh, the the Tebow Foundation that really, you know, has given him notoriety. Uh, Denver Broncos fan Jared Kleinstein, uh, back in October 2011 when Tebow was playing for the uh, uh, the Denver Broncos, uh, he he was the one who coined the phrase Tebowing. Uh, basically, and that he, he defines it as get down on one knee and start praying, even if everyone around you is doing something completely different. Now, Tim Tebow is a noted author. We've got a couple of his books here. Uh, the Tebow Foundation created A Night to Shine, which is a prom night experience that's centered for uh, the loving God for and showing the love of God uh, for people with different needs, as we like to say in our family or special needs. Uh, we have our daughter, Ryan, who's been to a couple of these Night to Shine uh, events here in Southern California and just loves it. It's just so much fun for her to get her hair all done up and her nails done, put the nice dress on, and they provide, you know, a, someone who's kind of your, uh, your, I guess, your, your escort, your date for the evening. And um, it, it's just a, it's a lot of fun. By the way, Night to Shine has made its way into 40 different countries, hundreds of thousands of people have attended these events. And having known that it's impacted my family as well, um, I'm, I'm grateful for the work Tim has done. But for his three-year NFL career, where he was just lambasted routinely for taking a knee and being all super Christian and everything, I think it's nice that the National Football Foundation finally figured out that you can pay homage to this guy. You can pay tribute to what he did in college. And... The College Football Hall of Fame has a place for Tim Tebow. He absolutely deserves to be there. So good for you, Timmy. Congratulations. That's a Good News Friday story that's well worth celebrating. And all of your friends here at the Bottom Line Show, who would love to have you on the air here, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, congratulations. And I think it's wonderful that you uh, share the story. Now, on the other side of this break, I want to share, you, share a, a little caveat with you with regard to Tim Tebow and the sanctity of human life, uh, he may have just entered the College Football Hall of Fame, but he's definitely in the Faith Hall of Fame for the life that he lives just by being here. I'll explain what I mean by that coming up next as the bottom line continues. 
Well, Dennis Wilson is with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, 800-696-9970, or go to wilson-financial.com. There are a lot of people who have been really taking a bath when it comes to stocks this year, stock market off 25% in some segments. But yet you have a new program that's really designed to help somebody in that situation earn some of that loss back. It's obviously designed to do exactly that. It's a very limited offer on a 16% guaranteed return on your account in an account that in the next two years can never go down. It is a great vehicle to help people who have lost money because of the way the market is. But there is a time limit, is there not, Dennis Wilson? People have to act now. The 4th of January, you have an additional, I think, 30 or 60 days to get the funds in because some of these IRA accounts take a while to move. But yes, the initial application and declaration that you want to start the account needs to be signed by 1423. Well, this is a golden opportunity. Go to wilson-financial.com, 800-696-9970, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. We are tipping the cap to uh, doffing the helmet, if you will, to Tim Tebow, who was recently elected into the National College Football Hall of Fame for the outstanding work that he did as a member of the Florida Gators, University of Florida football team, National champion in 2006, Heisman Trophy in 2007, national champion in 2008, and then there's the John 316 Eye Black that showed up in the national championship game in 2009. Only three years in the NFL before trying minor league baseball, got a couple levels up with the Mets, had another tryout with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and now is officially retired, happily married, and runs the Tim Tebow Foundation. But did you know that Tim Tebow is also a pro-life advocate just by being here. Tim's parents were missionaries. Tim is the youngest in his family, and when his mom was expecting him, she was off in a remote part of the world, didn't have access to really great medical care, and the pregnancy was a challenging one. Now, I'm simplifying the story here for point of illustration. Doctors recommended to Tim's mom that she end the pregnancy because they thought her life, her health would be at risk. She opted to keep the pregnancy, keep the child, and Tim Tebow was born. Pretty remarkable young man. But what was it about what the doctors were saying about her condition versus why did she have such great faith? I'm not sure that she had access to an ultrasound machine. But if she had, please understand, Tim Tebow's in his 30s now. Medical technology has advanced dramatically since Tim Tebow was a baby, since his mom was carrying him the final pregnancy and their family's story. Women today have so many options with regard to how to care for a pregnancy, how they can monitor every step of the gestational process. And when you hear of a woman, you know, back in the old days when Roe versus Wade was the law, a premature, a child born prematurely was considered like around three weeks or early. And they were aborting babies up to 28, 29, 30 weeks. I mean, the whole trimester concept came in because abortion was legalized. There's no medical trimesters. It just That's how they kind of tried to establish a boundary as to when abortion would be acceptable and when it wouldn't. And so right now, because of modern medical technology, there are kids who are coming along, they're halfway through, maybe 20 weeks, 21 weeks of gestation, and they're delivered and they survive and they thrive. But it takes a woman looking at her ultrasound and the baby's father, hopefully, too, and maybe other family members and saying, that's a baby. We are committed to raising this child. Even if the child is going to have a very short life, they're committing to raise this child. And Preborn is the organization that makes that possible. When you call 833-850-BABY, 
right now and make a donation of $28 that provides one complimentary ultrasound to a woman who comes to a preborn clinic. Whether it's a crisis pregnancy, something happened and she was assaulted or whatever, that, or maybe she just she got pregnant, didn't think she could, and now she's not sure she wants to be a parent. She's not ready. The classes, the training they provide, that free pregnancy test and free ultrasound, you won't get that at an abortion clinic or a so-called family planning clinic that's really a cover for abortionists. What you do get with preborn, though, is information and support and prayer. 10,000 women in 2022 came to faith in Christ because of the ministry that they received at preborn clinics. Not to mention the 80-plus thousand kids whose lives were spared because of donations like the ones you're about to make. $28 provides one ultrasound imaging screening session for a woman who's pregnant. That saves another life. $140 for five, $280 for 10, $1,400 for 50, $2,800 for 100. Or you can make a donation for an entire abortion uh, elimination process here by donating an ultrasound machine. It's $15,000. But each machine could do 250 ultrasounds per year for at least 10 years. That's 2,500. You get the idea. Call 833-850-BABY right now. Our goal today was to save at least 18 babies. I know we're going to cross that threshold. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229. Go to kbrightradio.com. Go to rogermarsh.com. Click on the the, uh, pre-born banner and make your best donation. God has never made a baby on accident. God has never in history made a child that was not planned to be here. The planning part isn't a question of his lack of planning. It's our lack of preparedness. When God blesses you with a child and an opportunity to bring that life into the world, how are you going to respond? Think about it. Pray about it. That's the bottom line.